again, it's nice to see uh, some new faces. It's good to see you, my friend. Good to have you here. Um, yeah, and for all those who are online also, we, uh, we thank you for just tuning in and just uh, pray that God would speak to us this, uh, this morning. And this is not just a word for people who are believers, but also a, belie- uh, a word for those who do not know God yet. And uh, hopefully today, this will, this will help in making your decision uh, for Christ today. So we've been, uh, in the last couple weeks, we have been uh, going through a course, or like series, I should say, uh, called All Things. And uh, this is to seek to understand that we have all things in Him. And one of the things that we started with was um, that God loves you and me. He loves us so much that He sent His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. This is the reason why we are here today. This is the reason why we sing this morning is because of his sacrifice for our sins. And we thank Christ for that today. And uh, another thing too that we, um, we touched on is just how, uh, how we can have power today. Because once we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, he gives us everything. Everything that is in Christ is also in us now because we are called his children we have everything. We are not without. Whatever battle, whatever struggle that you are going through today, God has an out for you. God has power for you today to get you through, what, uh, through whatever struggle you are going through. If it's something, a problem with a loved one, if, it's, uh, if, it's, if you just are in need of love for somebody else today, God has that for you today. And um, it's also, we, we talked about uh, diligently seeking him because um, these things are not just going to happen overnight, and it's not going to happen just because, okay, now I'm following Jesus, so I think he's going to do all of it for me. No, that's not how it works. We have to do some seeking. We have to be diligent in going before him, getting to know him, because uh, when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to Christianity, this is a relationship. This is a two-way street that we are working on. And one of the things, one of the verses that we use, and I'll talk about it uh, briefly uh, in here, but it's out of Second Peter uh, one, and in here we see. Uh, actually, I'll just read it now. So a, yeah. So Second Peter one five to eight. So giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound. They make you that you, um, yeah. They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So before we begin um, this this morning, um, yeah, just to keep in mind also, just one of the interesting things about this letter, and we call them epistles, but uh, they're also letters because Peter and the apostles wrote many letters to the churches. Um, in, in the first century, whenever the uh, when, whenever Christianity started to, uh, to propagate, so one of the things to keep in mind is this is uh, in First and Second Peter. Second Peter, this is his last letter to the churches, and he knows uh, that he is about to get executed soon. However, um, and this is this happened under the reign of Nero in the first century. But Peter knew this was the final instruction and encouragement to those who received Christ under his ministry. With that in mind, you, can, you can't miss Peter's emphasis on knowledge. And you will see this word knowledge 
uh, a few times in a couple of the scriptures, and we'll get to the understanding of what that means for us today, because it's not, it's more than what you think it is. I'm just... So to begin here, in 2 Peter 1-2, um, yeah, Peter began to, uh, he started his book and ended it with this, uh, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So knowledge and all it implies, uh, we clearly, uh, was clearly on Peter's mind as he faced the end of his life. Even then, he wanted to add knowledge to his virtue, and he exhorted us to do the same. The wonderful thing about scripture is its perpetual and powerful relevance for us today, because this is, this is not just meant for the first century Christian. This is not just meant for the people he was writing to. This is meant for our instru instruction, our encouragement. It is meant for us to know God, because Peter is one of the disciples that walked with Christ, so he got to know him personally, and he's writing these letters so that we can, in turn, know him personally. So if we desire to advance uh, the advancement of the divine life within us, we must know more of Jesus. And in doing thus, our soul will be established. So I have a quote for you here uh, by Winslow. It says here, Every step within the great sanctuary of truth will confirm the believing heart in the divinity and the vastness the riches and the glory of its treasures, that no such affluence of wisdom and knowledge and truth and holiness could flow from any other source than deity, meaning God, uh, and would be a reflection disarming every assault upon the faith of the Christian of its virulence and powers. Meaning, uh, this simply means any attack of the enemy, anything that is thrown our way, uh, will not affect us if we are connected to the Father. If we're in walking in relationship with Christ, we have everything that we need to overcome whatever may come our way. So in, uh, just, to, just to add to that, power can only flow from the divine God. We rob ourselves of power and effectiveness when we are not completely, uh, continually adding to our faith. So we must not overlook our responsibility in remaining diligent in seeking him so that we remain well established in our faith. So in 2 Peter 5 to 8, like I just read about uh, giving all diligence and adding to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge, um, it, it lists a bunch of things here. So in verses 5 to 7, describes how we should live. There are eight things he mentions, faith, virtue, or moral excellence, and fortitude like we learned with Doug, uh, I think two weeks ago, and uh, self-control, uh, well, knowledge, self-control, steadfast, uh, steadfastness, or patience, uh, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. The list begins with faith and ends with love. That agrees with the rest of the New Testament. Confidence in God's promises is the way we plug into God's power. And love, even for our enemies, is the goal and sum of life. The light of the world that shines, that shows others the way into his kingdom. That's the goal of adding on. This is why we add on virtue. Uh, to our faith. This is why we add on knowledge to our virtue. This is why we add uh, perseverance and patience and all these things to us so that we can reach the world for Christ. So, uh, but today we are focusing on knowledge. So to begin with, if we want to have everything we need 
um, in life, diligently keep adding knowledge to your stockpile of qualities. Uh, knowledge and more knowledge. Always grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? What, is, what does that signify whenever you hear that word? Because we often, uh, oftentimes get confused or we could, um, we could read the word and not really fully understand it because when we study the word of God and we look at these words closely, um, there, there's a deeper understanding to a lot of the words that the Bible uses. And this is one word in particular that has a deeper understanding, which we somehow, well, we, uh, we have misconceptions about. So here it is here. I have a little word study for you. Um, so knowledge, when you look at it in the Greek, um, ep- epignosis is the word, all right? And this is what it signifies, is a strengthened or intensified form of gnosis, knowing and conveys the thought of a knowledge which is fuller, larger, and more thorough. It conveys the idea of a more intimate and personal relationship than the simple term gnosis, which is just knowing. So epignosis refers to exact, complete, thorough, accurate, experiential knowledge, not just abstract, intellectual, um, and, or head knowledge of God or facts about him. It goes much deeper than that. Epignosis always describes moral and religious knowledge in the New Testament and especially refers to the full and comprehensive knowledge of God's will that rests on the knowledge of God and of Christ found in this world, in his word. So the thing is here, this knowledge is, you don't need to be a genius, you don't need to be smart, you don't have to have multiple degrees, and or a high IQ to understand this. Now with Jesus, it is never about earthly wisdom. Truth, knowledge, and wisdom come from God. True knowledge begins with a yearning to know Jesus and to follow him with all your heart. In him are hidden all the wisdom and knowledge that we could ever need, and he alone is the truth. So one of the steps we do in understanding and getting to know this knowledge is by simply making a decision to follow him. That's where it starts. That's where it needs to start for us today. So what it means to follow him is to become his disciples. We need a, uh, to position ourselves in a place of learning because that's what it means to be a disciple. It means, it means learner. And God, Jesus, even in his last words to his disciples, Go make more disciples because they're going to learn from you as well. And that's, that's kind of how the church of God and his kingdom works. And that's why Christianity is found all over the world today. But it also means we don't make our own path and drag Jesus with us. We follow him. When the disciples dropped everything and followed Jesus, they followed him up the hillsides as they taught the multitudes and fed the crowds. They followed him into the fishing boats uh, in the storms, into homes packed with sinners, into temples filled with the curious. They followed him into the graveyard where the demon-possessed man was, into the places of sickness, also into Samaria, a people that was despised by everybody. Are you getting like the trend here? (laughs) We do the following. We follow Jesus, and this is exactly what the disciples did. And just in this um, little paragraph, five things, these are just five things that we get to see. We leave, first of all, we leave the place we were to follow the calling. So Jesus is over here calling us. These are the disciples. These are us. 
And we go, we go to Jesus. We, we follow him today, right? Um, number two, we do the following, as in, again, we're not the ones, God's not the one that's going to drag us around to the places that we need to be. God's going to show us exactly where we need to be. You know, like just, just some examples like that, you know. Uh, Jesus' ministry was about the sick. It was about the poor. It was about the lost. Jesus w- was always with these people, with the sinners. He wasn't, you know, uh, parting it up with the, uh, the, the famous crowd. They already have their reward. You know, this is not about them. And uh, so, yeah, whenever we have opportunities, whenever God puts it on your heart, you know, to, to serve people, to, to feed the poor, uh, we have those people all around us today. All we need to do is open our eyes. I mean, we have a food bank. Uh, that's an opportunity to feed the poor. We have a connection with the, the detox. That's, an, that's a, an opportunity to share the gospel with those people who are hurting there. You know, there's so many people. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be at those places. It could be at our workplace, people going through struggles. And this is an opportunity for us to be a light to them. But we cannot be that light unless we have a full knowledge of him, a, good, like a, a strong relationship with our Heavenly Father. So another thing that we see here, he leads us to places we would not go ourselves. The thing about becoming a Christian, you become a new creation, meaning God gives you new and fresh desires. You'll have desires that you've never had before. Like, I never even thought about the poor before I met Jesus, you know what I mean? <laughs> now I think about them all the time because there's so many people around me, and it just never ceases to baffle me that I could walk by somebody and just be so touched with compassion, which I've never felt before because I only thought about me before, right? Um, another thing, too, you know, we learn, uh, we learn as we follow him. And this is, you know, the disciples as they walked with Jesus, they got to learn from him. They were so, like, glued to him that they just, they, they learned to know him and they learned to love him. Right? And that's, this is precisely what we need to do as we study the word, as we are diligent in seeking him through the word, as we are diligent in prayer, and as we, we do life with others, we are learning from Christ. We are learning to walk accordingly. And as Christians. And the last, the last part here is Jesus is always there. Jesus is with us. We have him inside of us, living inside of us, everything that we need is found in him. All we need to do is ask. If we have no idea stepping into a situation where you just need God, you need his wisdom, you need his discernment, all you need to do is ask. And whenever you enter it, God will give you exactly what you need to say. And need for those uh, particular, um, or whatever it may be. So to continue here, the disciples listened to his sermons, they asked questions, and they grew in the knowledge of his teachings. Through it, all they came to know, uh, through it, they came to know God, and they came to love him. And that's how, for us today, we do that through the Bible. We have his words written down, his teachings, you know, that the disciples, you know, as they lived with Christ, they wrote all these things for us so that we can get to know him as well. And that's why it is so important for us to be a people who will stand on his word, a people that will go see him and, uh, and just do relationship with, uh, with on a daily basis. So how we learn 
Uh, we, we can't, uh, how will we learn apart from the word of God? There is no other way of learning apart from his word. So we never know what such a life will bring, but whatever happens, we have Christ beside us. We, uh, with all the wisdom for each moment. Don't think we understand, uh, I don't think we understand what we miss out when we decide to stay rather than follow. And when I think about that and my life beforehand, I have no idea where I would be, but I was miserable, and I'm sure that I would still be miserable if I stayed there. You know, if you think of just the disciples, you know, if, uh, you know, Peter, as he was uh, taken in fish, was like, ah, no thanks, Jesus, I'm just gonna stay smelly over here, I like that. No, I don't think, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, or I think of Matthew, poor Matthew, he was a tax collector. If you think taxes were bad now, I mean, they were terrible back then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were left with nothing when uh, tax collectors were finished with you, and tax collectors were hated. So I'm sure that Matthew didn't want to be hated for the rest of his life. Like, sure, he probably had some money because, I mean, he did steal. I mean, tax collectors were known for that, taking a little extra back in the day, and there's nothing that you can do about it. But uh, I'm sure that Matthew didn't want to stay there, and we wouldn't have heard about his name or Peter or any of the other apostles if they stayed where they were, right? <clears throat> so moving from head knowledge to heart knowledge. So head knowledge is vitally important, obviously, because, I mean, God gave us a brain. We, we have the ability to think. We have the ability to use it, and he has a place or a, a lot for us to learn mentally, intellectually, biblically, and even doctrinally. Uh, but when Peter uses the words know and knowledge, he understood knowing as a very intimate and personal concept that reaches our hearts. This kind of knowledge makes us hunger and yearn for the Savior and grow in our love for him. And uh, Paul speaks about the same thing in this, in the, uh, this next verse. So the next slide. Um, in Philippians 1.9, it says this here. In this I pray that you love, uh, wait, that you, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge, in all discernment. Knowing him means developing a heart yearning for Jesus, longing to, uh, longing to know him personally. It's an individual friendship and an ever-growing intimacy with the one who says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11, 28-30. So as we study the word of God more and more, it will feed our souls. That's what it does. Jesus says, I am the bread, the bread of life. So it, it will heal it will uplift you. It will excite you. It will fill you with joy and peace beyond our understanding. Because I remember, I never even, and it, it, never, it was never thought that even crossed my mind that I could be this filled with joy and peace in my heart today. I know where I'm going. I have a, I'm not purposeless. There's a plan for my life. And I know this, and I know that there's a plan for your lives also. And if it wasn't for Christ, I would not know if I didn't make that decision, I would not know about these wonderful things that we have in him. And uh, each step we take in studying him will bring you new knowledge and, underst and, and, and understanding. We are learners, and if we are serious about the life of uh, this life with Jesus, we will study his word, 
not just for our own sakes, but for the sake of others. And it says this here, it is God who will effectuate change in you before we can begin to effectuate change in others. So God needs to do a work in you first. You need to personally know him uh, for just that power to shine through you uh, into the lives of people around you. So the next, uh, I have another verse here in Colossians 1.9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So the importance the importance of adding knowledge. So if we love God most, we will love others best. And that's, that's my takeaway for you guys today, is that if we love God most, we will be granted the ability to love, God, uh, to love others best, but love him obviously too, but love others, because who here thinks that it's easy to love people that are hard to love? Like, I'm not going to raise my hand because I know it's not true. Because <laughs> so I need him today to love others because it, it needs to be supernatural. It comes from him. You know, I can't do, like, I remember I was so arrogant. Uh, I could, I'll just tell you this one story. Uh, when I first started working with um, family services, um, we worked with this one boy, and I just thought, like, uh, I, I got all the skills. I worked with so many other kids before. I got this, right? I wanted to quit after three weeks. Three weeks! I wanted to quit because uh, I, I just, I didn't have the love in me to do it, right? So from that moment on, uh, after being humbled, um, I prayed every day for that, for that boy. I prayed for me that, you know, that God would give me everything that I need because I realized that I just, I, my standard of love is so low. Like, God's standard is way up there. I'm just way down here. And we need to adopt his standard. But that's, that's the thing. We have everything uh, in him to do so, to love others. So, and the love is the overflow of joy. And that, meet, uh, that meets the needs of others. So the difficulty with so many people today is that they are superficial in their knowledge and shallow in their experience. And, and so they are prey to various error. Uh, error carried away by various wind of doctrine, constantly struggling with something, or unable to affect the lives of others, of others around them. But we are, but, when, but this, is, this is our hope. When we are on the road that Christ has taken, that's when the strength comes. That's when the healing comes. That's when the ability to affect the lives of others come. That's, we are given everything. We are called more than overcomers in Christ, more than conquerors. God has given us everything that we need to conquer the struggles that we have in our lives, whatever it may be. It's a road of compassion with all the dying people you are aware of who are suffering, the people who are going through terrible marriages, the people who have kids on drugs and alcohol. It's the people you know who are broken in your vicinity and your life will be the representation of God in their lives. But we need to know him. We need to seek him on a daily basis. Just to give you an example of this, I had such a, a hard time to you know, read his word. I was never really consistent with it before, and I struggled with many things in my life, um, just with personal struggles, um, battling, uh, just having difficulty serving others because I was so selfish. 
And even as a Christian, I struggled with these things. And it, it just showed, my life showed that I wasn't really consistent in me seeking God. And like just a couple years ago, I was like, that, this is it. I'm done with this. I'm done with feeling this way. I'm done with not having what I need to help others. Um, so I, I decided to um, just find accountability. So there's a friend of mine uh, from New York that I do my devos with every day. Uh, we have a plan and we follow through. And if ever we, 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 uh, we're a little slow or like lag behind, we encourage each other to push each other forward. And I, I developed this consistency. And it's just, it's become a habit where if I'm going through a day and I haven't read my word, I'm like, wait a minute, what have, what am I forgetting here? <laughs> like it's all, it's part of my day. Like it's, it's, it's an instinctive thing for me now to go to God's word. And just this year too, another thing that I've applied um, more of is just studying his word. So I'll take a passage or I'll take a few words and I'll, I'll, I'll go deeper into it to gain that, that deeper knowledge that God has for me today and for others. Because God intends to use us through us getting to know him more. And uh, when we are filled with the knowledge of God, when I have so much in Jesus, I'm brimming with what really counts in life, and I'm going to use my stuff and my time and my energy to make their day for Jesus. I want to serve them for Jesus. That's the goal, horizontally. And, uh, and oh, um, how that will glorify God, because Jesus says here in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. This is the, spill, uh, the spillover of joy in God according to 2 Corinthians 8, 2, and it says they overflowed in uh, liberality because they were full of joy in grace because they had first walked with Jesus. Amen. And that's what I, am, I want to encourage you with today. Increasing in knowledge, intimacy. That's what it means. Uh, knowing him, being by his feet, praying, walking, and doing life with others. That is knowing God. We, uh, we fill our lives with joy and love for others. So joy pr produces that kind of risk-taking love, and it is worth the fight. And I have this one quote here by um, Pastor Carter. It's a message that I listened to uh, this week. And uh, do you care enough about people to live in a manner that allows God's power and testimony to flow through, uh, through us to them? The question is, do you care enough? Because if we cared enough, and I want to care enough. And in what we need to do as a people, as, as the children of God, is, is know him. That's our first responsibility. And in the process of doing that, we will have such a love for others that we've never had before. And we will, and we will cry tears. We'll have compassion over people. And God will give us more than enough. Even if we have busy schedules, God will give you the strength that you need um, to help others who are in need because there are people perishing all around us and we have to make it about them. And when we look at the life of Jesus and, uh, and where he went, all the places that he went uh, with and, and this, his disciples followed him there, that, that's, that's our calling is to help those around us who are in need. So caring for others means that you are adding to your faith on a daily basis. And that is what I want to finish with today. Yeah. 
I was sitting there just listening to my son and started realizing that this whole understanding in 2 Peter 1, when Peter was encouraging those that are Christ followers to add to their faith these qualities, he was saying it for a reason. Because so many of us, and I look at my son's life, and he was 15 when he came to the understanding that he needed God. But it wasn't until about three to four years ago that he understood the concept of relationship. My son was in relationship with himself, but was very often not in relationship with the God that had created him. So as the years went on, he became, you know, skeptic and doubting the things of God because he didn't have a deep knowledge of the one that could so change his life. As the years went on, he walked away from that foundation and went and got other knowledge of other things, thinking that that would fulfill that void and that emptiness to come to the conclusion that there was nothing that this world could offer him that was permanent. Until he came back and he recognized where he was and he said, oh God, I need you. And even then he didn't understand the importance of adding to his faith making effort to do that relationship and knowing who God was through the word and through other people. And little by little, God brought him to that place. Maybe there's some of you here that first you haven't made that decision. You've heard a lot about who God was and you know of him, but you don't know him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You don't know who he is and what he can do and what he has done for you through Jesus. He has made you right so that you can actually enter into that relationship that he was talking about. So first, it has to start there. You have to acknowledge your need of God and because of your sin, you are separate. That means God can only, can, can only come to you and you can only come to him through his son by faith. And once you come and you believe and you confess him as Lord, then you enter in this, this relationship that is a changing relationship. I was blind and unable to love others as John's testimony was the same. And then light and love came to me. And I was able to love others, serve others, live for others, see others. Are we not so busy today that that's all we do? Let's just get me through this day. For us as followers of Christ, there is no such thing. I am not created to survive. I'm created to overcome. And so many of us today, we need to learn to add to that knowledge. And some of us never understood the two and two, but the knowledge is about intimacy. It's about bringing heaven down here to your history. Many of us, we have no heaven in our history, but it's not because God can't. It's because you don't know who he is. And he's calling you to follow today. Anybody want to follow that today? Anybody's desire to say, God, 
I want that deep, overflowing love that so reflects you that people come to you because of what they see in my life. I don't know about you, but I think in all of us, we want to affect change, don't we? I can't do it without Jesus. I can't love without him. I can't forgive without him. I can't touch and change without him. So we're going to ask the worship team to come up. And as they come up to sing this song, if you want prayer tonight, today, I want to, I want to pray for you. I think some of you need to make some decisions for Jesus. You, you need to come to this conclusion, oh, this is what I've been missing. This is the answer for this emptiness, this void. I need Jesus today. I need to confess him as Lord. I need to ask him to forgive me. And I need to ask him for spiritual life so that I can do life again. And for those that are here, maybe you never saw the importance of just adding to your faith because it's a whole lot that more than just coming to church on Sundays. You understand that, eh? It's really about doing something relationally. I don't know about you, but if I never spoke to my husband or never even spent any time to figure out what he likes and dislikes, how do you think that we'd ever actually fall in love? We fell in love because we got to know each other. Well... You fall in love with Jesus and fall in love with God because you get to know him. But God wants to encourage you today. If you see your need, you come. Let me pray for you. And I believe that if you come wholeheartedly and say, God, I want to draw to you, the reward is that you will find him.